0: Hey, security peeps, we are back with another special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity here on Mondays with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, co-host of the Breaking into Cybersecurity podcast series. I am a cybersecurity super recruiter, helping amazing people get into opportunities and helping leaders hire wonderful cybersecurity talent. Dan, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies, uh, I work with competitive edge strategies for people who want to win, for whom losing is not an option. Uh, highly competitive people, both in business globally and in professional sports. And uh, I find that there's not too much difference between professional sports and business except for speed. Uh, but, you know, uh, realizing the, uh, the stress that people are under today, and particularly the cybersecurity field, it's a very unique very unique position to be in because the attacks never stop. Right. The attacks right. never stop. So it's, it takes an, a, a whole new level of agility, uh, certainly, and people who are in the cybersecurity space already uh, who decide for one reason or another that they want to transition either for a way to move up within their field or to move into a different position in their field Uh, or to write a book about their field. Uh, That's the kind of thing we help people do. And Renee and I have been doing that for years now with people. Right. So, um, you know, the easiest, and I ask a fundamental question. What do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? And what do we do to make it happen?
0: So, Dan, um, I know over the past couple of weeks, because we I think this is probably our eighth week or so. I think we've been doing this for at least two months now. Right. Um, And you've been helping many, many people in the industry. A lot of you have been hitting Dr. Dan behind the scenes, which is fantastic. That's exactly what he wants. Um, If you are... Uh, looking to transition, one of the questions that keeps coming up, especially during this time of COVID nineteen, a little bit of uncertainty. Um, but in this space, most of the people are are actively um, being recruited and looking for opportunities. Some may have, um, you know, had some untimely um, um, layoffs due to COVID nineteen. But overall, Dan, what the question for today is. When when you're planning a transition, or if one comes to you unexpectedly, unexpectedly, what should you be thinking about? What kinds of questions should you be asking for you know to your future employer, um, and your future leaders? So that's where we're gonna kick it off today.
1: Okay, great. Uh, that that's uh, that's a very important question because in, in some ways, the person who's recruiting you. Uh, has a probably has a personal need for somebody like you to cover their back to make sure that they perform well, and so to find out what they need, what they want to have happen, uh, looking at things like how long they've been in a position, uh, what they need to have happen moving forward, and I have seen uh, over the years with um, with the merge with the old Packard and Compact, how senior executives in HP uh, were were recruited by people within their own company uh, to move in a particular direction. But it it takes a strategy, and we've talked about this before, uh, and it kind of defies conventional wisdom. Most people have goal setting. They set goals. But what we talk about here is that everybody that I work with today is in 2025 working backwards. Where do you want to be? And let's look backwards for anything you could possibly do that would disrupt what you want to do. And realize that that uh, when the person you know who are you talking to, what's what's their role? What do they want to have happen? Are they are they recruiting you for your technical skills, or is there a possibility that they're looking for you to manage people and to uh, to develop people that are in the company? And that's a huge factor today because you know. Uh, I find that most people, no matter what field they're in, if they're at the top of their field, they know way. And this goes for everybody on this call. You know way more than you know that you know. People discount very often common knowledge stuff that they know that they take for granted. But for some people, it's not taking it for granted. It's very important stuff. And so, how do you how to identify what you do well is critical today, because when you're coming into you know into a situation where you're being interviewed. Uh, you have to really decide from your position, from your experience, is this company interviewing you or are you interviewing them? And so to put it in that perspective.
0: Yeah, Dan, I know a lot of times you talk about, um, there are a couple of things that you touched on that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And one is being in 2025, looking backwards, you know, making sure um, it's something that, or ensuring that you know whatever situation you're dealing with right now won't mess up where you are going to be in 2025. Um, another thing is around interviewing the company and having the in- company interview you but interviewing the company and I know that or the leaders and that's something that I know people tend to um, not focus on as much. Um, so what would be some, things that you would recommend people think about, the types of questions for them to ask when they are looking to interview with a company and interview the leaders of the company?
1: Most of the people uh, who are interviewing today, at least in the people that I've been working with, they seem to have a set of traditional questions. And they're all asking, they're all dealing in 2020. Everybody you're talking to today, I believe, is in 2020. It changes the whole dynamic when you take them out to 2025. So a simple question is, is, you can say to somebody, look, if I were to give you a magic wand and you waved it and we were in 2025, tell me what that looks like. How big is your department? Where do you want to be? Uh, but in the cybersecurity space, it's what risks do you, what, what challenges do you think you're going to come down the pike in 2025? What do you think you're going to be facing? What's happening now that's going to be ramped up? Uh, understanding that the pressure is never going to stop. That I, I described it to somebody the other day. I said it's like somebody deciding to go stand under Niagara Falls. The water never stops. And so it's understanding that the environment you're working in. So the need for agility, uh, the need for flexibility, uh, the need to uh, want to learn more about what you're doing, a big challenge today is in management uh, when we found out with HP because uh, I don't know that you can manage with a traditional management style the way people did before. Uh, I have people moving from a management culture into a coaching culture that does a couple of things that catches errors way, way, way before they happen. Uh, it lets a, a manager understand Um what the person that they're dealing with does well and what it doesn't, and then to un- identify what the obstacles are. So, you know, it's, it's a fast track to winning. That's what this is about. I mean, everybody who is a cybersecurity professional or aspires to be one or is moving up is in probably one of the most competitive environments that you can be because you're always competing, you know, and you don't want to be a quarterback without a great offensive line because you get crushed. And that's exactly where we are. So the kind of questions, and, and again, questions that you ask an individual depend a lot on who they are, what they need to have happen. So what I do with my clients is we have a profile system. You you profile a person you're talking to, who are they? What do they need to know? Where do they want to go? Are they looking to move up? Are they working underneath somebody who uh, is going to be moving on and they're going to take their spot? Or is the person who they report to going to take them with them? All of these dynamics take place. But the point is is that and, and the ultimate client here is the customer of the company interviewing with. They are depending on you to provide them with a safe environment to conduct their business, whatever their business is, and it, and it becomes important to have resources around you in case something happens to protect your your brand, because I believe that everybody we're talking to here on the, on this call is a CEO of their own company. They may not feel that way, but they are. They're a the CEO of their own company. Uh, some people I've spoken to have their own consulting companies. Some people develop them. But I've also spoken to people in these situations where they say, you know, a lot of people are leaving our company. I said, okay. I said, so where are they going? Oh, I don't know. We have to know where they go, particularly if they're good. So it's, it's keeping track of people because at some point in time, if you're a, re- if you, if you're a resource for another company – you need, you can't do everything. So, you're going to bring people with you who are qualified and capable, who you have confidence in, who trust you and are loyal to you. And so, it, it's how do we put that together?
0: Right. So, Dan, I'll touch on a couple of different things, but the first one is being the CEO of your own company. Um, and you and I have talked about this for. 10, 12 years now.
1: Right.
0: Um, And I know you work with when you work with your athletes, your student athletes, your professional athletes, everyone that you work with, you talk about being the CEO of your own company, even when you are not a consultant or you don't have a consulting company and you're within an organization. So even if you're a, a full time employee within an organization with no other, you know, no other external. Um, projects or anything like that, which is unusual for cybersecurity people. Typically, they always have something going on. Right. Um, however, uh, give give some more detail or some um, some insight into being the CEO of your own company, spe- specifically when you're working inside of an organization. I,
1: I think it comes right back down to how you view yourself. See, it's very difficult to be in business today Uh with everything that's going on even before the pandemic uh and it's dangerous you know but it's dangerous to be in business and not know you're in business see i believe that everybody who takes their skill set whatever it happens to be into a company can either view themselves as an employee or can view themselves as a consultant to that company they don't have to say it they don't I encourage everybody to get a business card. If you want to talk to me about that privately, how to do that, we could do it. But, but the point is, is that, uh it's the way you approach a business. I would want somebody who came to work for me to see, to, to really feel that they were running their, my company, like they would run theirs. You know, it's, it's something we've talked about. Uh, somebody comes in and says, uh, uh, how do, I, how do I start this? How do I get somebody from 2020 to 2025? You can do that very quickly. And how it happens, it, it, it happens because most people have not been given permission to dream. See, I'm going to flip over into something with sports. I work with the subconscious mind a lot. When you say to somebody, here's what I want 2025 to look like, your subconscious mind says, Really? I'm going to move in that direction. My job is to keep you out of its way. What gets in its way? Talk to a professional athlete. I need to increase my concentration. What ha- what what uh, what do you ha- what stops you from increasing your concentration? I get distracted. What distracts me? Well, what really distracts me is the way I talk to myself. People need to listen to the way they talk to themselves and say, is that conversation productive or not? And take that, and extrapolate that to anybody you operate with with a team, if you're managing a team or directing a team, uh, it becomes important to get this idea out to people that there's, there's a different way to look at this. See, when I talk to a kid, uh, and I have kids as young as eight now, who are, who are, they, you know, want to start a company, you know, when, it, when an individual sees themselves as a CEO of their own company, they realize that every day, every decision they make is a business decision. What they eat, what they drink, what they smoke, what they're seeing with, who takes their picture, what they put on Facebook, what they post. Those are all behaviors that either work for their company or not. So I mean, parents can say, do this, do that, do something else. But if the kid buys into the fact that this is his company, this is something he wants to do, they operate differently. So and I can give you tons of examples on that. But the yeah. point is that it really, it really comes back down to giving people a different way to think about things. Now to, to use a coaching culture, uh, there's some things that you have to do to be a, an effective coach in a coaching culture. See what you need to do is you need to know what you really do well. That's the first part. What do you really, really do well? Most people that I've spoken to, are, are even cybersecurity and global management and companies, they can't tell you. They just they say, we well, you just accomplish it. I had a client in New Zealand who built a huge organization for Eulet Packard. And I said to Mike, how did you do that? He says, ah, oh, I was just being myself. What does that mean? You know, because if somebody comes to him and he needs to develop the people underneath him. It's impossible to teach somebody something that you don't know that you know. And, you know, you, you operate automatically. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is I would imagine it in, in the cybersecurity space, you really have to learn to honor your intuition. I believe that you they have a sixth sense that something's going on, where something is coming from, how it happens. And they need to operate differently.
0: Yeah. Dan, a couple comments here before I ask you the next question. Namdi says, I love Dr. Dan's magic wand question. It is so applicable in the technology consulting space. Right. Um, Tor says, being the CEO of your life, that thinking helps transform your personal and professional life, whether you are an employee, a consultant, an entrepreneur, et cetera.
1: Right. And so, you know, if you – you can try this. Take your last name. So, you know, uh, we could use Renee. or would say small group. Just write that and Google that and see if that domain name is available, your name with the group. Now, if you did nothing but had a business card printed up with, say, the Jones Group. And you handed it to somebody. What's somebody going to say to you? What's this? That's all you want them to do is ask you a question. Now, the question is what you come back with becomes important. And this is on a self-marketing strategy. When people ask me what I do is I tell them I sell mistakes. Nobody walks away. Who wants to buy a mistake? Well, somebody who doesn't want to make them. Can you think of anybody who's more on the front lines of selling mistakes than cybersecurity professionals? That's all they're doing. They come to a company and they say, here are the mistakes we're familiar with. We're not going to let them happen. Right. So then realizing that there's an invisible dynamic that takes place in every deal that somebody closes. It's called short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. I may not want to deal with Renee right now in, in building my and constructing my cybersecurity team. But you know what I really don't want? I don't want to be in 2025 looking back would say I really wish I called her on the phone, and that's exactly what this is about. This is about taking people out to a place where they want to be, and let them identify the risks that get in their way. I mean, I one of the things I do, Renee's familiar with this. I have a, I have an assessment that will show an individual every single place they'll screw up going forward. Thirty minutes online, and so they know, uh, and that that's like a. Putting your toe in the water of working with me to find out you know do i want to be able to deal with this stuff and how do i make sense of it but it's knowing mistakes before you go into a situation is really critical yeah because it costs a lot of money to make a mistake There, people say today we sell solutions <laughs> oh, okay but you know what if you bought the mistake <laughs> beforehand and you didn't make the mistake, you wouldn't have to pay for the solution because solutions is so much more expensive than buying a mistake. Right. But look at, look at, look at what, what's the court. The cost is enormous in cybersecurity. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And you know, because you're, you're constantly in touch with the executives now, Um, you know, know pretty much what, whatever is happening in the cybersecurity space and they're, getting your, your um your advice and your expertise in how to navigate this world.
1: It's how to talk to people. You know, there there are you know when people go into an environment and they prepare to compete the way an athlete prepares to compete, uh and they don't just go in and wing it. I mean no no NFL football player goes in and just wings a play. Everything's planned and practiced over and over and over again. Some people think in business that they can just wing a presentation. I'll talk about what my product is and it'll be fine. Well, it's not. Because what happens today is is that on my website is a a presentation called The Cost of Myths. Somebody goes on it and clicks down. It takes every section. But what are the costs of myths? The myths are, of course, people a fortune. You know, um, what do I, uh, you know, do I have 30 seconds to explain to somebody what I do? No, you only have six. After six seconds, they're gone.
0: Somebody just made a, a comment about that, um, about your six second on, on LinkedIn. I saw that earlier. I can't remember his name. Uh, he just literally made that comment about not having 30 seconds, only having six seconds.
1: Right. So, I, so how does that work? Very simple. You say you're a cybersecurity professional to somebody. First of all, how many people you're talking to really know what you do? Very, very few, particularly me. I mean, I have a better sense of what you do. But the technology and the stuff that you use, so if you went into that, you'd lose people. But the fact is, is that what happens is in their brain is a, a, a narrative starts. Oh, I know other people in cybersecurity, I and it goes on and on, and you've lost them. When I say to somebody, I sell mistakes, that stops people. So what are you talking about? It gets them to come back to the situations and mistakes that I help people avoid. One of the biggest mistakes on my mistakes list is sooner. People say to me, I should have called you sooner. Okay. So what I say to people is, I said this to a guy the other day who's a lawyer. I said, give me... Uh, I said, give me your your mistakes list and I'll make it confusing. He said, well, why would you want to make my list confusing? I said, because that causes somebody to come back to you and ask you what you're talking about. But if you're, you know, come back to the interviews, you know, again, if you're sitting down with new, an interviewer and you have some sense of what they're going to ask, and sometimes it's really predictable what they're going to ask you. So when you go in with a prepared answer, you know, it's a different. But the answer always has to be for them. It has to be what they personally need from you. What do you, What's your role going to be? Certainly, cybersecurity. But what? What safety net are you going to provide for them? What security blanket are you going to provide for them? How mm-hmm. do they know you're in there to cover their butt? And that's really what becomes important today. I found out, and it doesn't make any difference culturally, globally. It makes no difference. Yeah. I found out around the world when we worked with HP people. They say, I want somebody who's working with me who's going to cover me.
0: Yep. So comment from Bernadette, my friend. I love this statement, being CEO of my life, it's a game changer on how I approach things and what I spend my time on.
1: Right. But it's important to know, you know, one of the biggest issues we work with with athletes is to help them identify when they're distracted. What's a distraction? Here's a great thing on distraction. Everybody listening on the phone on on the call now. Sit up straight in your chair and start to move your right foot clockwise, round and round, round and round, round and round, round and round, round and round. And while your right foot is going clockwise, draw a big number six in the air. See how your foot went backwards? You can't afford one second of a distraction. So when you can really focus on, I'm going into this environment. What could possibly distract me? If somebody really has to be on the A game uh, with cybersecurity and they have to be on the A game all the time, mm-hmm. what's from the A game? What's your A game like? You know, I always say to somebody, particularly when teams are working together, they say we work as a team, we were I said, Teamwork only works when everybody brings their A game. And when you trust that everybody's gonna bring their A game. It so <laughs> What do you say? So funny. Then <laughs>
0: Ben is with us every week, and Ben said, here we go again with the feet and the sixes, because you can never do it. It always, you put your foot in the air, <laughs> it, it always goes the wrong <laughs> way. Ben, you're so right. Well, you
1: know, when, when Renee and I have done programs for this in public with groups of people, there's always somebody in the audience who keeps trying it. What we do is we bring them up to the front of the room and have them sit in the chair and try it. <laughs> but the question is, it's not, why does that work? The question is, does it make any difference? It just works. It's just like negative self-talk. When you hear negative self-talk over and over and over again, chattering shattering in your head. If you think it's productive, fine. If you think uh, trash-talking yourself is fine, it's not. But if you do think that. But if you want to stop it, everybody goes, oh, how do I stop it? I don't want to do it. Well, is the easy way to stop it? Try it right now. Push your tongue to the roof of your mouth right now and try to think of something. When your tongue is on the roof of your mouth, you can't think of anything. So you can constantly shut it off, shut it off, shut it off to focus on what you need to focus on. Now, who uses this? Well, if you're a hockey goalie and a puck is coming at you 150 miles an hour and you want to be able to stop it and you don't want to be distracted by anything else in the stands, you got to come up with some tools to do that. As an example, I I said to one of my goalies, what – how do you know when you're performing at your best? And I said, when I'm performing at my best, I don't hear any crowds. The puck is the size of a dinner plate and the game moves very slowly. Any one of those, any time one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. And so I said, and then what do you do? They said, I hope that my concentration comes back. I said, hope is not a strategy. You can't hope you have to do something. And these are practical tools that will help you do that. I, I have a strategy where somebody puts their thumb and index finger together. And when they do that with some suggestions that I give them, they can relax almost on the spot. So I've had people say, you know, it works. I said, I know it works. I have a picture of an ice skater, professional ice skater, who said to me, she said, you know, I start a performance. I kind of feel nervous, put my thumb and index finger together, and and it calms me down after you do some suggestions that are structured around what you want to have happen.
0: Right.
1: But this is, this is a competition. When you're going in, into, a, uh, into a job interview or making a transition, what I suggest to people I work with is you get me an organizational chart. Let me look at the organizational chart. And where do you want to be on that chart? Where do you want to get there? What's in your way? What's going to help you get there? And you know, Renee have done, and I have done this for years with people, because people are at the top of their game, depending on people underneath them, and when you look at it, there are people on the bottom who have moved away, and so you don't have the support you need. You know, what's the mindset of the company you're going to? Yeah. Is, is is it? Can you learn? What can you learn there? Can you go in there to learn? And a lot of this stuff has to do with you know. Personal interactions, human interactions with people. How do you build rapport with people? Yeah. Or how do you know if your tendency, without thinking about it, causes you not to build rapport?
0: People have challenges, and they—I mean—you you touched on so many things: the unconscious competence, the, um, you know, when you did the when you did the assessment, really being able to. Show where challenges could come up, Um, and blind spots. I know we used to used used to talk about blind spots a lot. You know, not knowing how one may come off to. The person above you, your peers, you know, being right. able to influence, like there's so many different pieces to this. And like Dr. Dan said, you know, really profiling the folks, especially when it comes to transitions and interviews and, you know, understanding who it is that you're dealing with and, um And bringing it all, you know, bringing it all to the table and and being prepared. Being prepared not only from a technical perspective and from what you can do, but knowing the people that you're interviewing with and interacting with and what, you know, what's going on in their minds as well.
1: That's, that's, but, you know, each situation is different. There are no two situations that that are the same because the, uh, the goals and objectives of the pe- person who's interviewing you. I mean, if you could come in and present a superb resume and background and all, and if you didn't think about it, you might be threatening the person who's interviewing you because they may want your position. Yeah. Or not. So it's it's a, it's a dance to play well with it to make sure that you're... But then the ultimate question is, if this is your consulting company, if you see yourself as the ceo of your own company do you want the company you're interviewing with as your client maybe yes maybe no
0: it's such a different way to envision and think about companies positions roles overall being the ceo of your own company like when you when, when you were talking to my son and um when he he repeated back, which was so funny, what Dan said, um, in terms of making sure that he understands that every decision he makes is a business decision, you know. So
1: tell everybody how old he is.
0: <laughs> He's eight. <laughs> 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 Talking about business decisions is so funny.
1: Because, you know um, we, were, we were on we were on a, a conference call, and he says, "Can you help me grow my business?" I said, <laughs> "So." But, but again, you know, I have I have uh, I, I have a, a, a person I work with who wanted a, a baseball career at age eight. And now he's one of the top athletes in the country. So so the point is, is that it really is interesting uh, how the subconscious mind will drag you in the direction you want to go.
0: Yeah. He said he, wants to t- he said he wants to take out Bill Gates. So I'm like, go for it. <laughs> He wants to. He wants to take him out. I'm like, yeah, mom needs to relax. You go. You go do that. Let yeah. me just sit well, and hang out for the rest of my life.
1: But, but I said to him, you know what you need? To, what you want to be able to do is to uh, uh, is to look at the high school you're going to go to, and do they have the coursework that you want? You see, it's it's getting your kid. Anybody, everybody. We've talked about this toolbox concept for years now. Everybody has a toolbox that to they walk around with. You open a toolbox up, they're aware of the tools that are in the toolbox. Some tools are in there that they don't know that they have, that are very good and they use them all the time. But the other thing is when they come into a new environment, do they open a toolbox up and say, so any tools that you want in a box, I'll sort them out? Or do they uh, do they push back on it? Don't tell me what to do. I don't. So it's... it's uh, it's different with everybody, but the most important thing is, is that to get yourself to the position you want to be in and where that position is. So I say that you don't look for the entry position that you're coming into a company in it. It's where do you see yourself five years from now? Right. What do you need to do to get there? What do you need to avoid doing to get there? What opportunities have passed you by that you can never recover? What opportunities are right in front of you? And what are the threats? What's the threat of doing nothing? Yeah.
0: It's some of the, you know, when I'm talking to candidates and, and leaders, you know, it's what's next in your career. What are you looking to do? And then to your point, a couple steps out. Like it's not, it's not about really what, what's happening now. It's where this role can get you to get you to your result that you're looking for in 2025. Um. So, Dan, we have, uh, we're at 1158. We've been on for about almost 33 minutes. Is there anything else you want to talk to the folks about? You want to talk about your 888 program? And yeah.
1: uh, If people go on my website, it's danschaferphd.com. Uh, you can look at an 888 program there. It's going to, be, it's going to start on July 6th. It's going to be uh, 8 o'clock in the morning uh, for people, 7 That's to 8 seven, eight in the morning for the East Coast and same time for the West Coast. Probably going to limit it to 20 people, uh, but it's got to be eight keys to a competitive edge for eight weeks straight. So I look at the beginning of the week, starting out to give you some resources to work with through the week uh, and also some opportunities to get in touch with me and work on specific situations. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about winning. I mean, I... I Every, you know, people in cybersecurity have to win all the time. It's probably, it's it's clearly one of the most uh, competitive situations because attackers never stop. And, you know, the blue team always, always is, has to win. So it's how do you do that? And, you know, yeah. people I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks have told me how much, the clients of the company they interview with depend on them to protect them, protect their resources, protect their background, protect their day, whatever it is.
0: Right.
1: So it's it's no, it's, a, it's, go it's ahead, then then the thing is, is you know, and I, I thought about what you do, you know, you you're like a builder. You're like you're like somebody who's a construction person. You build teams for people. People don't know that they need the team. You know, so somebody says said to me this morning, who, who do you need to talk to? I said, I need to talk to somebody who maybe even doesn't even know they need to talk to me. And all of these conversations are in confidence. Uh, I don't talk to anybody about anything. As a matter of fact, one of my biggest challenges is my clients never talk about me. So they'll never say, oh, call this guy up because he helped me you better at what I do. No, <laughs> not particularly. And the other thing is if anybody on here happens to be a golfer, just, just Google golf and the mind game.com. Because I guarantee you three to six strokes of your golf game without ever touching the club over the phone. And it, it's amazing how that works.
0: Yep. Ben says, I come away from each of these streams with a series of uncomfortable questions to ask myself. Thank you for getting those thought process kicked off each week.
1: Well, let me bring something about discomfort. Anybody who's a skier, tell me what happens when you start to go down a slope and you start to traverse the slope and all of a sudden you feel your skis on the ice and you know there's powder on the other side where you can turn, but right now you're on ice and your edges of Chattering away. What do you do? You don't do anything. You become comfortable with being uncomfortable until you get to where you can turn. So being uncomfortable is not the issue. It's knowing that you have some strategies to come out of it on the other side and a plan.
0: Dan, your website, com, right?
1: Right. So up on the subject bar, there's a 888 programs there. Uh, there's a subscription page it, it explains what I do and how people can work with me. And then if you go to the website golfandmindgame that's a lot of fun. Yep.
0: Is. Somebody sure looks,
1: sure. If somebody somebody's looking for a gift to give somebody for Father's Day, oh yeah, that's
0: give a great
1: Father's Day gift. Yeah, that really well, is.
0: That would If
1: you decide if you have a company and you decide you're a marketing person, you decide you want to attract. High net worth clients to your environment. We drew two hundred CEOs in two days in Virginia for the uh, Xerox by yeah. doing it-
0: You were in oh, this it- area. You were yeah.
1: down in, um- in Manassas. Yep. But now we can we can do this by phone by Zoom by Zoom calls.
0: Yeah.
1: So and I'm open to call. You know, it doesn't cost anything to call me. Text me first. Send them a call. And away we go.
0: If anyone wants Dan's number, you know where to find me. Uh, Jenny says, plus one on the uncomfortable questions, Ben. Thank you, Renee and Dr. Dan, for this great session. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny's going to be on with us later this week, I believe. uh, Talking to us about getting in the industry. So, yeah, Dan, um, we are at time. So I want to make sure everyone knows if you would like to connect with Dan and you didn't get his info, reach out to me. I have sent a ton of people his information behind the scenes and they have been working with Dan as shared. Dan has been um, working with, especially in the cybersecurity executive space for a while and leaders. Um, So he understands a lot of our challenges, and what we are going through and what, especially you all, the folks that are literally on the front lines in cybersecurity are dealing with um, on a day-to-day basis. And especially during this transition time where people are either deciding what they want to do next. Um, it's a time, typical time for people to make moves as a whole. Um, and then with COVID-19 kind of thrown on top of there. Different um, companies are doing layoffs. So if you find yourself in a position where you're trying to determine what you want to do next with your career, reach out to Dan. He's a huge text fan. So I'll That's give you his guy. number.
1: I don't, get, I don't get emails. to. You know, I catch emails a couple of times a day, but the text, I get them right away. And yeah. the, the other thing, too, is is that, you know, for the pack packet people I work with, setting up your own consulting company uh, was a safety net so it's a build a safety net for yourself
0: yep yep exactly
1: so all right again for today it was great thanks to everybody thanks for all your comments and get back to me you know where i am
0: yep we know where dan is if you need his info reach out to me oh. and we will see you here next monday on mondays with dan dan just like you no. have your own show <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody see you next week see you next week with dan